0: Welcome to a brief chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Tuesday. It's the 4th of August 2020. So glad you're here. Let's take a look back at this day in radical history via the Slingshot Collective Day Planner. This day in 1872 at a national conference in Rimini, Italy, the, let me try this here, Federazione Anarchisti Italiano was born. The Italian Anarchist Federation was born, and I am uh, part Italian, but I would like to apologize to all of my ancestors for what I'm sure was a butchering (laughs) of that name. How are you? It's great to see you. We are continuing on. This is going to, I think, finish tomorrow on the... uh, Wait, what's... Yeah. Did I say it was Tuesday? It is Tuesday, right? Yeah. So actually, this will probably finish on Thursday because tomorrow will be Farwa with her book reviews. So we'll have a day away from this and then we'll finish it up on Thursday, I think. Uh, Where are we here? We're on Chapter 7 which says teaching confident in his blah, 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 blah. let's try that again teaching confident in his disciple the master packs me off significantly more confident than i was in the reading of that title in zen training the eye must at all costs be broken the eye is in capital letter i the eye the I, this i but it is no good going about breaking this unbreakable eye in a timid fashion Nothing will come of the training unless you are the type who will dig in your heels and hang on, despite being beaten, kicked, or threatened with expulsion from the monastery. Just in case you are thinking of getting into Buddhism, uh, that really doesn't happen too much in Western study centers. Uh, There's not a lot of kicking and beating going on. Thus, it is said in Zen temples that there are three kinds of disciples, the top ranker who has fierce determination, the middle ranker who holds to loyalty, and the bottom ranker who clings to an easy life. The top ranker is a first-rate student and human being. Any outsider would readily sympathize with him in the face of the ill-treatment he receives, but the more he is ill-treated, the more he vows to himself, damn it, he's giving me a really bad time now, but I'll show this, Roshi, I'll stick this out, whatever, I'll never give up until I hear him say, you've bested me. The middle ranker is the man who really wants to give up the moment the going gets rough, but who sticks it out because he feels he owes it to the teacher who has done so much for him not to quit. The bottom ranker is the man who thinks he will, and again, forgive the single genders, etc., etc. The bottom ranker is the man who thinks he will never go short of a meal if he stays close within the shadow of such a great tree. Of course, the bottom ranker who clings to an easy life is not just seen in Zen temples, he is to be found in all walks of life. Thinking back in this vein, I am sincerely grateful that my late teacher, from first to last, treated me as a first ranker. I think he would have probably treated me more kind-heartedly had he had a poor opinion of me and thought I would run away if not handled carefully. I would like to tell you something which has bearing on this. Amongst the schools run by Daishuin's head temple, Myoshinji, is the Hanazono High School, whose headmaster recently came to see me. There had been an accident concerning a pupil in the kendo section who had disobeyed the regulations and had climbed up onto the roof of a school building, or he had begun to make practice passes with his bamboo sword. Taking a step back, he suddenly slipped and fell and was killed instantly. The headmaster said that sensibly enough, the boy's parents had not taken legal proceedings against the school, but that even so, he felt extremely bad about the incident. Having heard these details, I said, as the headmaster of a school belonging to the Zen sect, don't you think it is a big mistake to feel like this? When you and I were at primary school, it was common practice that though their child was injured, the parents would apologize to the school for the trouble caused by their son's carelessness and for bringing the school into disrepute. Who do you suppose shows more respect for their child's character and humility? or humanity, excuse me, the parents who come to the school to complain that the teachers are to blame for not ensuring the safety of their inadequate teenage son, or the parents who come to the school to apologize because their young son has caused a scandal and given the school a bad name when he was expected to look after himself as a responsible human being. Please consider this very carefully and take a more positive attitude in the education of your pupils, bearing in mind the meaning of the Buddha's words that all sentient beings are originally Buddha." These were just empty words because my own teacher always treated me as the kind... Or these were not just empty words because my own teacher always treated me as the kind of pupil who would dig in his heels and who would respond the harder the training. And I am ever grateful for that trust he placed in me. I have to say I've read this story a couple times now, this, this bit, and I still have more thinking to do about it. I can't tell if it's just um, a, a super stereotypically Japanese attitude toward what happened with this student or... Or if there is a particular Zen lesson in there that I am just not smart enough to pick up. But if you have any ideas, I'd love to hear about them. Chapter 8. Money for the Disposal of My Corpse. This guy does not beat around with the uh, chapter titles. In this way, I changed from being incapable of doing anything to someone who, by and large, was able to boil rice on a wood fire, heat the bath, clean the toilet, and sweep the garden. I also learned other things, such as chanting the sutras and the prescribed behavior of a monk. After more than a year, one day the Roshi said to me, "'People, especially monks, should not live alone. It is bad to live alone. You need to come into contact with many people. Training as the only disciple under a teacher is very fine, but now you should enter a monastery so as to come into contact with others.'" There are two kinds of Zen temples, one where young novices live, train, and study, and the other where those who have completed their studies go for Zazen training in a monastery. It was decided then that I should train in Daitokuji Monastery, which again is one of the major ones. When setting out for a monastery, you take with you a bunko, a box or casket which contains the kesa, a robe, sometimes called a kesa bunko. It is a bit larger than a satchel. Besides the bunko, you carry your entire possessions in a strapped pair of bundles hung from your shoulders. These hold eating bowls, chopsticks, whetstone and razor for shaving, sutra books, sutras are kind of stories of the Buddha and things he said, that kind of thing, uh, and a rain cape and undergarments. You wear leggings and straw sandals and a wicker hat. Your robe is tucked up at the waist with a band. As I was getting everything together, the Roshi came in and asked, how are you getting on? Have you packed your bunko yet? No, I am just doing it, I replied. Fine take the lid of your bunko and come with it to my room my bunko was of sturdy cardboard with a well-fitting lid like that of an old-fashioned medicine chest i took the lid to the roshi's room wondering what he had in mind when i handed it to him he struck he stuck 3 1000 yen notes to the inside at that time 1000 yen was still a considerable sum of money he asked do you know what this is for i thought pocket money but kept silent, knowing he would get angry if I said something foolish. When I had first tumbled into In, and that's where he's studying now, and asked Zui Roshi to take me on as a disciple, he was already 70 years old. He had told me, I don't know how much longer I will live, and if I die, you won't be able to go on with your training. If you were economically dependent upon me, you'd be in a fix then, so you'd do better to find a younger teacher." However, when I told him that I still had a little of the money my father had left me and would not expect him to support me, he consented to take me as a disciple, and as agreed, he never once gave me any pocket money. But now that I was off to the monastery, I thought the Roshi had relented and was giving me some. His reply utterly confounded me. "'This is Nirvana money. You are on your way to the training monastery. It may cost you your life.' Should you have the misfortune to die in a wayside ditch or in the middle of your training, this money is to ensure that your corpse can be disposed of without inconvenience to others. The Roshi was an austere man who never made jokes, and I was awed by his sternness. This is the money for the disposal of your corpse. But it also made me feel more determined than ever, and I said to myself, Right, let's get on with it. During the war, when we students were leaving for the front, I had thought a good deal about death, but when the Roshi said, this money is for the disposal of your corpse, death in this case meant something completely different. It was not a question of my physical death, but of the death of I. However much we may argue otherwise, when it really comes down to it, we hold ourselves very dear indeed. Unless we undergo uh, a training to wean ourselves from this stubborn attachment to I, our hearts will never open to see clearly." This is how I understood the Roshi's words with which he sought to spur me on in my training. These days, when I in my turn send a disciple off to a monastery, I now supply several 10,000 yen notes for the disposal of his corpse. Early next morning before dawn, I went to the Roshi's room. With your permission, I am now leaving, I said. I made my way to the kitchen entrance and stepped down onto the dirt floor. As a novice monk, I was not permitted to use the main entrance. "'While tying on my sandals, I was startled to see the Roshi had followed me. "'He was a proud man, not likely to come and see a young monk off. "'But now he stepped down onto the dirt floor, "'and squatting down at my feet began to tie the cords of my straw sandals for me. "'Thoroughly embarrassed, I said, "'It's all right, I can do it myself, and tried to draw my feet away. "'But he firmly took hold of them. "'Come on, give over,' he said, "'and having tied the strings, he tapped the knots. "'You are never to undo these.' Of course, I would have to untie them to enter the monastery, but I believe the Roshi meant I was not to undo the bonds of the vow I had made to begin training. And so, with resolution so firm that it shook my whole frame, I bowed deeply to my teacher and went into the pitch darkness bound for Daitokuji Monastery. And uh, when he gets there, you'll hear about what it is sometimes like and certainly what it was usually like to uh, enter a Zen monastery, which was not easy. Easy enough to get there, hard to get in. So that's uh, today's show. Thank you so much for listening. The uh, single greatest thing you can do to help me is to spread the word of this show, share the podcast, share the videos, share the YouTube channel, uh, whatever seems to be easiest for you. Thank you so much for doing that. If you want to help even more, you can become a member at abriefchat.com, and uh, I certainly do appreciate each and every one of you who have done that so far. Back tomorrow with book reviews by Farwa Zaidi and then we'll finish up Pointers to Insight on Thursday, and then we'll have some poetry on Friday, and that'll be the week. I love you. A better world is possible, but we have a lot of work to do.